All right, if you have uh, your Bible, turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. It's kind of near the end, probably about seven-eighths of the way through, just a few chapters. If you don't have your Bible and want to follow along on the YouVersion app, you can open that, uh, hit on location or whatever it is, and find church together, and it will have the scriptures and some additional notes there. Over the past couple of weeks, uh, many of you have been walking through this Red Letter Challenge devotional. Uh, I hope that's a, um, a helpful thing for you. Uh, if nothing else, just for the discipline of spending time uh, in God's Word daily. Today, we're going to look at one of the central themes of that, and that is our being, our identity. I want to start by making a bold statement that I have found true in my life, and Scripture certainly advocates this as well. The understanding our being, understanding our identity in light of what Christ has done for us is the most critical thing that we can do. If we stand uh, under the, the, the light and the life of Christ and view ourselves in that way, then we can experience a joy and a power and an abundance that this world does not know. If we do not stand under the light and the life and the influence and the gaze of Christ, then we are susceptible to all kinds of doubts and lies and trouble. Our being and our understanding of who we are in Christ is the most critical thing for us to do. So today we're going to talk about this idea of identity of being. And I want to suggest to you that there are three thoughts from 2 Peter that make up our being, our identity. And they're wrapped up in three little phrases that we read between verses 1 and verses 10. The first, our being, is about because you. Some versions will say, so. Some will say, now that you are in Christ. Others will say, because you. Because you belong to Christ. That's a statement about our being. Secondly, Peter says, as you, as you is about who we're becoming, where we are, where we're going. That's a statement about our being. And then finally, towards the end in verse nine, he says, but you, and that's about what we should believe as followers of Christ. If you remember nothing else today, this is the only one you get. Because you, as you, but you. Those three statements speak to this great and glorious identity that we have in Christ. They speak to our belonging, they speak to what we're becoming, and they speak to what we believe. And I believe that Peter has this in the right order. He says, you belong you matter to God. He created you. He loves you. He has a great purpose for you. No matter who you are, what you've done, you belong. And because we belong, that changes who we become. And because we becoming people like Christ, that develops who we believe, what we believe. 
One of the problems in the church today is that we have this spectrum backwards, right? We say that if you believe like us, and if you're becoming the right kind of person, then you can belong. But Paul says it's the other way around. Because you matter to God, then you are becoming someone. And as you are becoming, you are believing more and more the promises of God. Because you, as you, but you. Bill and I were talking about this the other day. He shared this great statement by Neil Anderson, a psychologist, and he says this. No one can consistently behave in a manner that is inconsistent with who they are. He's talking about our belonging. First of all, because you. Because you belong. First Peter 2. So get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Because you belong. What Peter is doing here is building on verse 22 in chapter 1, just a few verses before, that says, because you are cleansed from your sins, you've obeyed the truth, so now you must show sincere love to one another. He's saying, because of what Jesus has done, because you were created in the image of God who made you for himself, you belong. Now, you may not get that yet, You may not understand it. You may be running in the other direction. But there is a place for you to belong among the people of God. When you realize that you belong because of what Jesus has done for you, then there's some things that you can start to do. It says, first of all, you've got to rid yourself of those things that cause you to not belong. Look look at this list of traits here, right? Deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. These are things that separate. Peter is saying, you belong, so quit acting like people who separate. You've got to rid yourself of that. A better translation of that word rid is strip, right? That we're clothed in all this stuff that separates us from God, and we live this life before a God who's holding his arms out saying, come, 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 and we, we, we need to rid ourselves of this stuff that separates Because you are in Christ, rid yourself of the things that separate you from God. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk. He's saying because you belong, 
There is something so pure, something so good for you, something so healthy for you that you can embrace. One of the things about this week's study in the Red Letter Challenge is that they were outlining some of those things that we must crave because we belong to God. We must be people of prayer and people of study and people of solitude and people of fasting. That's what Peter's saying here. Because you belong, you throw off that stuff that separates you from God and you embrace that which brings you closer to God because you belong. Just as you embrace those things, you'll get to experience the fullness of salvation. This word fullness is, is saying that there's, there's more. This word salvation, as it's used here, is saying there's more, there's more, there's more. You, you got to keep, keep going towards that. You know, one of the great things about being a Christian is that when we belong, it's not like we just step over a line and say, hey, now I'm in. It's like we can keep walking further and further and further towards the God who loves us so much. And with every step we take, we belong more and more and more because you belong, Peter says. You belong. The core of your being, whether you realize it or not, belongs to God. He created you and your heart is never satisfied until it finds its heart in him, St. Augustine said, right? Because we're made to belong to the one who made us. Because you belong, strip all this junk, Embrace this, this purity and keep growing in your understanding of your identity that you belong to God. You've had a taste of the Lord's kindness. And the inference here is that you've tasted it and it was good and you need to taste a little bit more. The first thing that Peter is saying about our being that we need to understand is that we belong to God. We matter to God. He has a place in his family. He has a place in his heart. He has a place in his heaven for us. And we've got to grab it. Sometimes it doesn't feel like we belong, Right? Sometimes it feels like we're on our own. Sometimes it feels like we don't matter. Sometimes it feels like God is, is mad at us. We're made in the image of God. And there's a place for us to belong. But inclusion moments must also lead to restoration moments. We belong, and once we realize that we belong, that calls us to change and to become someone. A couple of weeks ago, I was at the Casterbury Police Department, and I needed to use the restroom. So I went to the restroom, and 
lifted the seat, and I saw this little barcode. I'm like, why on earth is there a barcode on a toilet seat? I'm like, this is government spending at its worst, right? Probably you scan the code and they go bring you another one when it gets broken or something like that. And so I start staring at this code, and it's real small letters. And it says on it, for you to pee in. That was the barcode. For, and I'm like, oh, that's funny. Ha, 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 right? Did, did everything, went back. I was in the police station on, on Friday talking to the officer. said, hey, did you know that someone's put a, like a weird, funny barcode on your bathroom? And he said, yes, let me tell you the story. He said, there was this guy who uh, picked up some tools that he found on a road worth a lot of money, and he wanted to keep them, and his wife said, no, you should turn them in to see if anyone else claims them. And so he came to the police station to drop off these tools, and no one claimed them, so he got them back a little bit. But when he was at the police station collecting these tools for the second time, he pulled out this little roll of stickers and went into the restroom and put them on there. And this guy is like 85 years old, and he walks around with a roll of stickers <laughs> that he sticks on all these public restaurants to bring a little bit of joy and humor to people's day. <laughs> and I'm thinking about that. I thought, that, that's kind of crazy, but that's a lot of fun. I thought, when I'm 86, man, I wouldn't mind being that guy, <laughs> Right? Because, because he's made some decision somewhere that he's not going to grow into an old, mean, stingy old man. That as he gets older, he's going to become someone that can still enjoy life and have a little bit of fun. The second point about our identity, Peter says, is to ask the question, who are you becoming? You belong, but because you belong, you have to ask the question, who am I becoming? Verse 4, as you, as you, it's a statement of becoming. As you are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple, he was rejected by man, but was chosen by God for great honor. He goes on to explain three key questions that we must ask if we want to become the right person. First one is in verse 5. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. So I don't know much about building. I don't know much about building 2,000 years ago. But apparently there were two kinds of rocks there were the rocks that you couldn't do anything with, and there were rocks that you could do something with. The big boulders that were just too big to manage, they were just stones. But the things that you could move and shape into bricks and use were called living stones. And so the first question to ask about how we're becoming, as he talks about living stones, is, are you moldable? Are you shapeable? 
Can the master builder take your life and cut it and chisel it and shape it to go where it needs to go, to fit where God needs it to fit? The reality is a lot of us, we're just big boulders. We just get in the way. We can't be used. We just take up space. But Peter says, you're a living stone. And if we're going to be living stones, we need to ask ourselves the question, am I moldable? Second question we want to ask as we figure out who we're becoming. Peter says, what's more, you are his holy priests. In the Old Testament, they had a priest Because of the words and the life of Jesus, he says, you are all priests. You are all set aside for a specific calling to live a holy life. There's great purpose in that. You have a role to play. The second question of who we're becoming is, am I playing my part? It was God's idea, Exodus tells us, from the very beginning that all of us would be priests, that all of us would have a role to play in the service and worship of God. The first question is, are we moldable? The second one is, is are are we playing our part? The third question, I think, about who we're becoming is that in verse 7, Peter talks about Christ being the cornerstone. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. If we want to become who we need to be, if we need to become who God wants us to be, we have to ask the question, is Jesus our foundation? You know what happens if the cornerstone's off? Nothing's right. We're in precarious, vulnerable places. Our being belongs to God. Our being asks us, who are we becoming? And if we keep asking the questions, am I moldable? Am I playing my part? Is Jesus my foundation? Then we will become who he wants us to become. There's a guy with the stickers on the toilet. Maybe that's not the highest aspirational goal. I was conducting a funeral a few weeks ago for a friend. And I heard just this last week that there was a guy at the service who knew the deceased really well. And he came and sat through the service and he heard the stories and met with some old friends and shared some stories but that when it got to the point in the service where I got to speak, and I got to speak about Jesus and the hope that he gives, this guy left and stood in the, uh, the, the vestibule, Narthex lobby area. And then when I'd finished, he came back in again. Because somewhere in his life, he decided, I don't want to become like Jesus. I don't want to become like those Christians. 
Don't be that guy. Don't be the sticker guy either, although it would be fun. <laughs> but become like Jesus. That's what our identity craves because we were made in the image of God. And one of the primary callings we have as we walk through this earth is to recapture that image. Are we moldable? Are we playing our part? Is Jesus the foundation? Because you belong, as you become. Verse 9, but you. And what Peter does in these next few verses has the power to change our lives like few other things. Because he reminds us of who we are. But you, this is what you need to believe about yourselves, are not like those who aren't obeying God's word. You are royal priests. You are a holy nation. You are God's very own possession. And as a result, you show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Those are some promises for us to believe. Because we belong, as we become, we must not forget who we are. We are chosen people. You know, so often it's easy to feel like we've just left be, been left behind in life, right? That things happen for an accident. That there is no great plan that God is orchestrating. Maybe that we're just, just walk-ons in the story of our life. Extras playing a role that doesn't really matter. Don't believe that. You are chosen. God looked at you and said, man, I love you. I got some plans for you. I got an incredible future for you. We must never not believe that we are not handpicked by God. We are chosen. You are royal priests. We're royal because we follow the king of kings. We are priests because God has a special purpose for us, a role that we must play. We are all part of the priesthood of all believers. And he says, when you believe who you really are, then you get to make a difference in this world. When you understand your identity in Christ, when you know that you belong, when you figured out who you want to become, when you know what to believe, then as a result, you can show others the goodness of God for he has called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. The key phrase there that just want to focus in on as we wrap up is, is show others. I spent a lot of time chewing on that word today and went pretty uh, this, this week and 
pretty deep in the studies. And I, I think if Peter was writing this today, instead of using the word show, he would use the word advertise. And again, we think of advertising as kind of cheap and almost manipulative. But advertising at its core has this understanding of branding, right? The reality is we have been branded by Christ. We are his. We belong to him. We're becoming like him. We believe what he says. And because we've been branded with that truth, we advertise that truth. We can't help but show people that, that he is the way, that he is the truth, that he is the abundance of life. You belong to God. You are called to become like Christ. You are called and need to believe these promises. You are not a nobody. You are a somebody. As I started off by saying, your understanding of your identity in Christ is one of the most critical things that you can understand. And so as it comes to issue of your identity, I want you to know three things. And I pray that God would burn them in your heart and on your mind. You belong to Christ. You got to rid yourself of everything that causes separation in that most important relationship. You must become more like Christ as you live, as you act, as you love. And as you do, you will believe more and more in the power of Christ and in all that he's done and won for us and for this world. You belong to God. You must become like Christ as together we believe in Christ.